podcasting from the world's most livable city, Melbourne. This is the Your Career Down Under Show, a podcast dedicated to help newly arrived skilled migrants and settled migrants with their career and employment issues. We interview recruiters, career coaches, HR experts and employers who share tips, techniques and insights to help you land a job quickly and rapidly advance your career. Hi everyone, it's Carolyn Brown here. I'm the founder of Interview IQ and I'm bringing you today's episode of Career Care Package. Don't worry, I haven't done away with Neshad. He's actually in transit at the moment, so he's making his way to Delhi where I think it's tomorrow he's going to catch a flight back to Melbourne. And we'll be back on our shores. So if you see the sunshine a little bit brighter in Australia, on um, Saturday morning, you'll know Neshed has arrived. So in the meantime, I'm going to introduce you to a very dear colleague of mine, Daniel Solodki, a very dear colleague and a very dear friend of mine, Daniel Solodki. And we've worked together over various things and known each other for about 10 years now. Um, and as part of this career care package, we, we keep sort of diving into the topic of making change uh, because it is a big time for everyone. I think... Um, you know, you might be looking at uh, changing career directions or just changing jobs. You might be finding it difficult to do and you're not too sure how or difficult to maintain the momentum. So that's been a pretty common theme of um, what we've been discussing in the career care package. So um, if you've got any questions, please put them in the um, section or in the, in the comments below, below this broadcast. I'll try um, my best to answer as many as I can. I'll also, um, I might have my head looking down, that's because I'm looking at my phone trying to um, access the comments if I have any difficulty with that. So enough of me, I'm going to introduce you to Daniel and um, we're going to hit off that topic of making a change. So Daniel, do you want to tell people, give people who um, are new to this or um, session or, or don't know you a bit of background about you know, who you are and who you work with and, and what you actually do? Yeah, sure. Um, yes, yeah, so uh, yeah, hi, Carolyn. Thanks for having me back on the program and uh, to your listeners as well. Um, yeah. yeah, so I'm a um, counsellor and uh, I work across a couple of uh, different uh, key areas, but um, primarily within um, the mental health space and then within mm -hmm. the career, the career space as well. So, specifically uh, with career change, the work I do would be to um, walk with a client who's really confused and just simply doesn't know what to do next and mm -hmm. to support that client to come up with a new direction, then to actually um, successfully implement that change and to secure a new role. Yeah. So a lot of the, um, the process that goes on within career counselling is um, to do a lot of self-reflection, to come up with a direction that does have these qualities of mm. um, you know, feeling alive, feeling connected back in with a sense of meaning and purpose, and um, looking forward to um, the day ahead at work. And sometimes mm -hmm. I joke around that um, I'm on a mission to completely eradicate Monday artists, <laughs> Monday afternoon blues. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I guess just to throw in there as well, um, I probably come through this, I came to this path really through my own failure. And um, yeah. that would be that I spent um, just on about 14 years in corporate HR 
But I got yeah. to a point where um, I was really quite severely depressed, anxious, and at some point also feeling suicidal and not mm. really um, feeling a way out. Um, mm. So I had to reflect upon my own, you know, values and my interests and my strengths to redefine a path that was away from corporate and the mm. high pressure um, that I was feeling um, at the time. And uh, from there, I went back to school and, and studied um, counselling, mental health and career counselling mm. and uh, then ventured out uh, onto my own. But I just, I'm really cautious. Like, um, I don't want to present this thing around um, is, you know, I've got a 10-step program of overwhelming success. And if you follow these 10 steps programs, you know, you can earn $6 million. Mm. Because um, initially at first, like, the, the aspect of um, career change can be quite ugly and quite messy. Mm. And often it might start with, you know, getting fired from a job or losing your job. Um, mm. It could be for some people having a complete nervous breakdown. Mm. Um, you know, incredible depression, anxiety. Um, you know, I've had clients who have like chest and heart pain, stuff like that. Um, you know, high stress levels, high blood pressure. So there's this kind mm. of physical impact it has on your body mm. and mentally as well, um, you know, with anxiety and depression. Um, so that's, and then sometimes as well, um, you know, complete financial failure as well. And for some mm. people that could, could include bankruptcy. So mm. it's really supporting clients through these message, um events that happen in life. And another aspect would be sometimes relationship breakdown um, mm. could be a trigger um, or, you know, stress in a marriage could be a trigger um, for career uh, transformation as well. Mm. So that's in a nutshell. So it is, it's the, Sounds the, very the, depressing. The, it can be, that's the thing, yeah. So <laughs> I don't want to be present this negative picture, but um, yeah. I'm also here that I'm an advocate for people and I'm a really strong believer, um, especially at a time like this, you know, please don't lose hope. Um, because yeah. there's, you know, the world of work is meant to be a complete celebration of all yeah. the things that you love to do and what makes you feel alive. Yeah. And on the other side, you know, when we, you know, clear through the tsunamis and, you know, the, the tidal waves and the, um, yeah. the difficult currents and, and the dangerous water, we yeah. do come out into blue skies and, you know, clear sailing into yeah. um, a direction that's really, you know, has much more meaning and purpose yeah. and, and health and well-being to it. Yeah. Neshad's just popped up in the feed saying, we better behave, Daniel. Like, we better behave. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what he said. Right. He's actually watching us. So, hi, Nesh. We've taken over your account and we're not giving it back. So, <laughs> yep. um, yeah, so um, I guess, you, you know, we, we've spoken about this and I get what, what we sort of want to dig into today is around change and you know, I always come from a perspective with the work that I do is like, okay, this is what we need to do your resume, this is what we need to do your cover letter, we're going to do yep. networking, and they're all very practical, mm -hmm. practically orientated steps. When you, you, you're you ready to make that change, um, you know, they're, they're often, you know, people do delay and stuff comes up, but generally people come to me for, for that practical side. Mm -hmm. But even in that, there's this sort of, need to be ready and psychologically ready and emotionally ready and physically ready yeah. to make that change. And you've said to me, you know, change is roughly 20% um, logistical, which is mm -hmm. the stuff that I've just spoken about, but 80% emotional mindset, psych psychological, mm -hmm. you know, readiness to do that. So I'm just wondering, you know, what would be the signals that people have that, you, you know, you've spoken sort of that the, the breakdown aspect in some sort of thing about work, but what would be mm. the, the signals that people are ready to make or the signs that people are ready to make a change, do you think? Mm. Yeah, I think um, 
this initially starting um really just you've had enough like um mm -hmm. it just it doesn't you can't physically stomach this path anymore and so yeah. the indicators like we spoke about before would be um so you know that um monday artist so feeling physically sick in the stomach that i don't want to go to work yes um in the morning so really paying attention to that and um when you have a day off um you can really start to notice that um you know for example if you if you work traditional monday to friday nine to five often um, people will report, and I've experienced this myself, that um, Monday artists actually starts on Sunday afternoon, you know, usually mm -hmm. around 1 to 2 p.m. Um, mm -hmm. Reality starts to set in, and you just simply don't want to go back um, to the office uh, on Monday. Mm -hmm. So that's an indicator that, um, you know, things are, are off, and maybe um, if, you, if you feel ready that you could actually jump in there and start, you know, listening to the, to the body. And mm -hmm. I just want to... Um, just throw out there that sometimes it, it um, and I experienced this myself as well, working in corporate world, that we just blindly accept that Monday artist is normal mm. and it's a part of um, working. Mm. Whereas what happens is that when you do make a change into a job that you enjoy, um, Monday artists will actually disappear. Mm. So a sign that you're ready to make a change is just by noticing um, how you feel towards your, your job right now? Mm. What is your relationship towards your job? And um, I was just thinking um, like a really nice like um, story that I just can share quite quickly um, that is really rich in, in that symbolizes the whole career change process for me is that um, there's an introductory story that gets taught in um, foundation positive psychology um, subjects. Mm. And um, the story is that there's a mum with a young girl and um, the mother takes her young girl to see a psychiatrist mm. and the mother says to the psychiatrist, can you please fix my daughter? She won't mm. sit still in class. Mm. And so the psychiatrist um, spends some time alone with the daughter and after a few minutes he comes out to the waiting room and, and says to the mother, there's nothing wrong with your daughter. She's a dancer. And so, Love that story. yeah, 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 it's really it's a profound story, like it's so simple, but yeah, sometimes, um, when you're ready to make change, sometimes you, you clients will come to a point and say, You know, actually, I'm ready to be a dancer, I'm ready to be an actor, I'm ready to be an yeah. artist, or I'm ready to completely, you know, say if you're a lawyer, I'm, I'm ready to walk away from the safety of a, of a corporate law firm and delve into a completely different environment. You know, yeah. into government, you know, not-for-profit, social justice, yeah. just making a change like I'm ready for that. Um, but really it's, it's, it's about, you know, noticing who are you really when you let when you no longer chase money and safety and security, who are you underneath that? Yeah. It's such a powerful question to make. And I, I know that some people have said, oh, sorry, question to ask, not make, but um, some people have said that they've had that knowing when they're, they're younger, where maybe mm -hmm. they're attuned to society's expectations or, you know, there was something back that they enjoyed um, mm. early on. And it's really interesting because Nation and I had Laura who wrote the book Bewildered, who took that amazing trek across New Zealand and, you know, came out the other side and, and um, stripped back her life and um, produced this fantastic book. And I said to her, were you a writer before that? And she said, no, but she used to write a lot as a child mm -hmm. and that was what sort of kept, kept coming up for her. But that feeling while she was trekking through New Zealand of dread and anxiety 
about going mm. back into our world where there's this constant stim there is this constant stimulation um, even if you try and avoid it of just you know being in a city for example um, but yeah she really that was something that she knew like she had enjoyed um, early on when she mm -hmm. made her career change and it's a funny thing like when I when I changed you know, I, I know one of the instigators to my change was a general manager said, oh, you know, you're one of two people in this company that could actually write. And I'm like, oh, okay. I did not realise, did not think about that. But that was just like a little, a little, um, you know, little sign, I think, that mm -hmm. uh, was out there. And I guess if you're not doing something that you love, like you do have the Monday-itis, is, is it about being attuned to those little signals that, that might pop up that, might take you somewhere that just sort of having yeah, an openness yeah. and awareness to that yeah yeah definitely so it's a really good question so yeah so sunday afternoon blues and, and monday artists are absolutely um really strong indicators that um yeah. it's time to experiment with something new and some other indicators are throughout your working week um are you watching the clock so are mm. you you know thinking ah oh, okay 12 o'clock lunchtime and then count, counting down the hours until you know five, you know six pm when you can finish work. So clock watching, yeah. um, counting down until the end of the day, um, that's another indicator. Then another indicator would be um, when, you know, it's Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, and then you're projecting um, your thought process, you know, to the weekends. Mm. Um, so you're coming up with plans, and you just can't wait for Friday so you can escape work and, um, yeah. you know, jump back onto the weekends. And the reason these are really important indicators is that because all of the um, psychological research and certainly what I see with clients is that, and my own experience is that that just completely falls away. So Monday yeah. artist goes, as I said before, um, clock watching goes away and you start to experience um, this sense of flow with your work. Yeah. The day just flies by. Mm. Um, that's really important. And then this distinction between um, um, work time and non-work time just... Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it vanishes. So, um, because you're starting to tap into these these higher levels of, of consciousness um, or awareness around things that has meaning and purpose for you, yeah. um, and that's often associated with that drop of time that falls away that we're speaking yeah. about. Um, yeah. And so, for me, I noticed that once I left corporate, um, it was really I, I no longer that sense of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday just kind of just evaporated, like it yeah. wasn't there anymore because mm. I felt engaged once I had reconnected into my own interests. Mm. Um, and then I just wanted to come back to another point as well um, that you made before around, um, like that story about hiking through New Zealand, um, I think is is a really, it's so powerful in many different ways, but it's very symbolic that sometimes career change um, isn't necessary, necessarily uh, logical or linear. Mm. It, it might happen in a zigzag fashion. And what I mean mm. by zigzag is that it could actually mean that you do something absolutely crazy, which is you just go uh, take a year off and go hiking, mm. um, go live overseas and start connecting into um, your unrealized dreams. Mm. So reconnecting back to dreams um, and paying attention to, you know, when it is Tuesday afternoon, you know, it's 3 p.m., the fatigue sets in, you're watching clock, you want to go home. Um, you know, pay attention to, you know, what you fantasize about. Like, what are you daydreaming mm. about? Is it that you want to go spend a year on a beach somewhere um, mm. and, you know, go rediscover yourself? And mm. I think it's really cliche, but, you know, that story you described of going to New Zealand for a year, hiking, um, you know, it's similar to, you know, um, eat, pray, love. So, mm. again, it's, you know, people have mixed reactions when it comes to eat, pray, love. But 
the, you know, the story is there that there's this epic mm. journey that this person, you know, took massive risk to undertake because mm. she realized that she no longer had an appetite for her life. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I was listening to the author, I, I really like that story. I, and I, I, but I do see why, you know, people have reactions to it. But um, the author was being interviewed on um, Tim Ferriss's podcast. Um, and he does long, long interviews. But she was saying, and she was quoting somebody else around that felt sense. So it's like the, uh, this integrity cleanse. So if mm. something, and she checked in every 30 minutes with herself and her gut, um, and if something felt off, that was a signal that that, that had to go or that had to change. Yep. Yep. Really um, great indicator if you can give your, yourself that permission um, yeah. and that space as well because I think, so. I think I guess one of the things that she was talking about and that's part of that journey is that that sort of stripping away of fear a little bit of fear and the trauma and all of those other things that we hold in our, our body mm. that can get in the way of that you know just tapping into what our our felt sense is yeah, we have a so. question sorry I went on a bit of a rant there but we do have a question um, from Jayothi um, okay um yeah so we spoke about triggers that indicate that it's time to move on yes um people cannot uh generally can't be the best version of themselves in the job search saying interviews if they are mentally stressed absolutely mm. um any tips on how to handle that that stress and i guess because there is that anxiety that is so prevalent when people are looking for jobs that does mm -hmm. play out in in interviews so do you have any tips yep. around around that yeah it's, it's a good question so um like job interviews will always be um a nerve-wracking experience um yeah. so they're, they're highly stressful artificial type um setup conversations and I often joke there's only there's very few situations in life where you are forced to sit in a room and answer questions that's right absolutely yeah we're going to the dentist yeah. or the doctor that's probably the only few mm. situations right but what i'm trying to get to is that i work at a very deep level right so we're working at soul-based level existential type psychology level and so what i would define this as as the authentic job search mm. so the authentic job search is not going to a job interview because you have to go or because you need to earn money okay so mm. it's about um I, once you connect into um, a job that has really strong, um, genuine interest for you, that's in alignment to, you know, your passions, your interests in life, what you're curious about, um, what you deeply value and hold true for you, often it becomes a lot easier to navigate um, mm. the interview process. So, for example, mm. if they ask you, why are you interested in this role? You can say, well, I've got a background in corporate law, but um, I've completely redesigned and um, I have a very strong interest in advocacy work and you know doing XYZ for these vulnerable community members um, so it becomes a lot easier to talk about um, mm. when you're genuine genuinely interested in the role um, mm. I think that can take the stress away from it but it doesn't mm. negate the fact that you do need to practice these answers I think mm. so role-playing will always be important um, making sure that you know what the common interview questions are mm. and, and carrying them out but often um, a lot of interviews, I think, is, you know, you fake it until you make it, particularly um, if you go into a job that you don't really enjoy or you're just going through the motions. Mm. So when you do go for an interview, I guess my invitation would be just to check 
how you feel about that role. Um, mm. Because sometimes what happens in the career decision-making process before you actually get to a job offer that you like, often there's a whole series of you have to turn down these job opportunities that come up. So it's, I, and this, this surprised me at first because I started to notice um, with clients that during the career change process and counselling process, they'll come in stressed because they've received a job offer mm. but they don't like the job. <laughs> but they feel compelled to take the job yeah. and accept the offer because they're really scared that if I don't say yes to this job offer, I'm not going to get another job offer and yeah. I'm going to end up broke. I won't have anywhere to live. I can't yeah. pay my credit card. So it kind of triggers this whole yeah. mental cycle. So, yeah, really slow down. Um, go back to basics of the job search, but just yeah, make sure run everything through um, yeah. your, your like your list of is this in alignment to my interests and to my values? Yeah. Do I genuinely enjoy um, this work yeah. or is it going to give me a sense of Monday artists and Sunday afternoon blues and do I feel sick in the stomach? And so mm. what we want to do is we're making a shift, uh, a shift towards work that actually does give you a sense of energy, mm. um, you know, hope, optimism, that kind of stuff yeah. and enjoyment. Yeah. I think with nerves, I mean, sometimes, you know, like, okay, you know, doing these shows um, can sometimes, I, I get nervous before yep. doing them sometimes, but it's actually tapping into going, okay, I'm feeling a bit anxious about doing mm. this kind of session and the same sort of thing um, with interviews as well is to go, that's okay. Like it, it's okay to feel a bit nervous and a bit anxious because yeah. it's kind of like an artificial construct. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I also yeah. find, and this works for me, and again it's an interview analogy, is that, you know, speaking out loud, saying what you want to say out loud before a few times mm. um, gives you confidence that you can say those answers and you're kind of clearing that mental load that you have where you have to be thinking as well as being confident. I don't know if that yep. makes sense. But, yep. you know, there's a lot going on if you're um, in an interview. Like you want to kind of, in that kind of practice, it's like make sure you absolutely know your examples that you want to present, um, you know, having done your homework on, on that role. Um, and so you've got them down pat. So if you get something that's, you know, left a field that might throw you, then you've got the mental space to actually, in your brain, the cognitive space to actually start to be talking about those things. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I find that really works. But just going back to what you were saying about, um, you know, that really important thing to make sure that that's in alignment with, you know. Yeah, I think so, what, yeah. What you want. Yeah. And there's... Um Career counseling too can be a lot of fun. And so yeah. um, the reason why I say that is because like there's crazy wisdom that applies, right? And so um so crazy wisdom would be that like um there's no such thing as a perfect job interview. Yeah. It's impossible <laughs> to give us Julia Roberts Grammy Award winning, Oscar Award winning performance <laughs> in interview, okay? And the problem is that even if you did give that performance, um I would back in my HR days I'd be extremely concerned because I'm um, worried about you're too perfect. That's right. So <laughs> employees and recruiters, right? They don't want you to be perfect. They want you no. to be real, vulnerable, <clears throat> have good self-awareness. And if you're nervous and stumble with your answers, it shows that you care. So these are really fundamental human qualities that employers want. Mm. Um, they want people that can relate well to people. So, and employers pick up on this very subtle stuff. They know if you really are interested in a job. And mm. don't forget as well, it often even if you like a 70% match, 
but or 60 percent match for a role and they know that you're going to stick around and that you're reliable that you're on time and you want to be part of this organization mm. for the next five six years that makes you highly attractive mm. um and i think that same principle also goes to career change too around the crazy wisdom around mm. um being prepared to completely screw everything up so be prepared to do the worst interview in the world be prepared to make the worst mistakes in the world and fall over 50 times and to completely not know anything about what you want to do next mm. so I, I often say to clients like i'm very happy to hear when clients say i don't know what to do next mm. because that's really rich fertile cow manure type soil <laughs> that we can cultivate, jump in, get really smelly and dirty, roll around in that you know, for like six weeks, and then some of these beautiful tulips will start to grow. Um, and often, you know, the, the techniques they use with actors and, and musicians, for example, is this, they say, like, go out there and do on stage and do your worst possible performance. Mm. Yep. So we're using this kind of crazy wisdom that we have to be prepared to make mistakes and just stuff it all up. Because mm. at the end of the day, like we're human, we we don't have these high, we can't um, constantly live up to these very high standards of expect of expectation. Mm. You just painted this mental image for me of you stomping around a very muddy field full of cow pats with your yep. clients. So maybe yep. not what Daniel does, but you know, if you want to go there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to a yep. paddock. <laughs> so yeah, okay. If you've got any questions, keep them coming. Claire has said, um, loves your example that the child couldn't keep still in the classroom, um, didn't have an issue, she was just a dancer. I think that's, yeah, that's such a great yeah. analogy, basically. Um, I'm going to look down to my, my other questions. So um, just sort of practicalities around making a mm -hmm. career change. So what 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 could... You know, how do you how do you help people navigate that? What are some of the practicalities there? Yeah, so I think um, probably the, the hardest part and the most um, difficult would be to um, how to come up with a new direction. Mm. Okay, and I think that's um, that that's the most um, tricky part. Now, often what can happen is this is can also be challenging for clients in that sometimes clients may come to a person like myself or a counselor and expect that counsellor to actually tell them what to do. Mm. So as a career counsellor and with a background in HR like, and recruitment, I certainly have an indicator of some areas that that client might be suited towards. Mm. But professionally and ethically, um, I can't actually tell you what direction to go down. And that's very mm. difficult initially at first, right? Yeah. But having said that, that, there is a process. And we know um, through direct experience and um through psychological research that some very simple things about are tuning back to body like we were saying before so notice mm -hmm. what gives you a sense of freedom um what gives you a sense of aliveness in your body so um i often say things like what what do you have an insatiable appetite for so for example what is a topic that you would sometimes stay up late at night reading about because you just can't get enough of it so paying attention to these little clues uh, in your life around something that you're really interested in um, mm. and then focusing um, on strengths so we know um going back to that example about the the girl who, who's a dancer her strength is through movement and mm. through activity um, and through dance so connecting back into what your strengths are and so that does require a lot of um soul-based reflection mm. um, but there's ways you can do it it's just by again noticing like i said before about um, you know, what do you daydream about? 
Mm. Um, you know, what do you dream about? Do you, is it about being a dancer or is it about being writing or is it about working for a particular organization? Mm. Now, sometimes as well, um, this, this word career change, I think, is a very loaded word. So I like to just break it down to job change. So for some people, it may be to actually keep working within your existing job, but to actually change environments. Mm. Um, and I used the example before around um, a lawyer who um, would change, say, into um, a government-based environment or like a, a not-for-profit-based environment away mm. from um, corporate-based law, as an example. So sometimes little changes like that, um, or it could be more, moving more into like a startup technology sp um, space. Mm. Um, you know, working for a hospital, just finding that space that you like. So we know for that, um, the dancer, um, classroom isn't the right environment for her where she's seated all day, but mm. we know dance studio is perfect for her. So finding mm. the right environment um, is really important. Mm. Yeah. It's funny, sometimes the corporate world just is reflecting, as you're saying, you know, can feel like the classroom. Like Oh, completely. Um, and, you know, so we're brought up thinking that if we're not, sort of part of that crowd at school that we're never going to fit in but but that, that classroom yeah. the world is our classroom really so yeah, um, you know, it's a very and often people carry that that trauma from childhood and school into yeah. you know that's how they perceive success in their corporate life as well i've got mm -hmm. a question from or a um, comment from Nash, which is daniel um, mm -hmm. i think that's dad voice so daniel can you please uh talk about the importance of involving your family and friends in the process yep. okay so yeah so being honest and vulnerable around this so um when i um first started out as a career counselor there were two things that really shocked me at first so one would be um the number of times um the first session would start in tears yeah so seeing a complete emotional breakdown and often a key trigger for that, which is the second area of complete surprise for me, was how often um, relationship issues uh, come up. Yeah. So it's a really serious side. And I know a lot of people, um, a lot of clients who come to me feel immense pressure to be caring for the family. So it could be mothers um, who are having to balance um, caring for husband and children. Mm. Um, or on the flip side, it could be um, the primary breadwinner um, who's a sole income earner having to uh, maintain um, constant income mm. but is stuck in a job that um, is really causing damage because, um, you know, they want to be a dancer, as, as an example. So it's a really good question, Nash, about um, involving um, partners. And so there's a couple of tips I can probably share with you that, I've, that I think can work quite well. So the first one is around having these really heartfelt, authentic conversations with your partner and being really honest. And often it, it would sound something like, I don't like my job right now, mm. but I don't know what to do next. Mm. And I'm really scared to admit this. And I mm. feel um, overwhelming pressure to provide for the family financially. Mm. And I'm noticing that when I come home, it's impacting me through I'm grumpy with the kids. I don't want to spend time with the kids or I'm, I'm not present with you. Mm. And I'm really lost and I'm feeling you know anxious and depressed. Um, and I don't see a way out right now. So it's been really you know, heartfelt and vulnerable and opening that up to your partner. Now, often what can happen also is that this can trigger um, your own partner's anxiety. 
so often um, if your partner um, is on this you know eat pray love type journey that can be scary for your partner mm. um, and so it's about acknowledging you know, what that brings up for your partner but mm. recognizing that the successful the successful relationships out there are the ones where both partners um, recognize each other's strengths and each other's values mm. and help each other to become individuals within that relationship mm. yep and so that's where the, the support um, is really crucial so mm. i realize that there's nothing miraculous about that about having you know this very heartfelt conversation but it's surprising about it's, it's scary to have these conversations mm. um, so that's that and then another side to it would be um obviously leveraging the support around you so um it's cliche but couples counseling um, mm. I know some clients that will actually have had that um, because mm. they've needed a safe space to talk with their partner and to help them resolve conflict at the time. Mm. Um, and then sometimes as well, um, I'm careful not to be, you know, the deliverer of bad news and, and bad messaging, but the reality is, and I've experienced it in my own life as well, and I've seen it in the work I do with clients, is often our relationship does break down. And often people come to the realisation that I'm with my partner, we don't get along, I no longer love this person, um, this relationship is stressful, there's some toxic aspects to it, and mm. I've made a decision to completely um, break off the relationship. Mm. So that sometimes happens as well. So it, yeah. you see that I've seen two extremes, people will break up or they become very close together and the relationship thrives. Mm. Um, yeah, so, and then obviously there's a lot of grief that goes along with um, losing the stability of a relationship. Mm. And um, that's obviously, uh, when we say that change is 80% emotional, relationships is a major part of that 80% of emotions that mm. comes up during career change. And yeah. it can be quite confronting too. Like, for example, what do you do if you wake up and realise that the person you've been married to for the last 20, 30 years, you know, like a love, you know, and yeah. that you want to go have your, um, you know, another classic movie would be Shirley Valentine. You know, Shirley Valentine who runs off to um, Greece away from her abusive husband in England. Mm. Um, so after something like, you know, 40 years of marriage, something like that. So this kind of liberation, you know, complete um, liberation is, is, a, is mm. an important factor if you find yourself in a relationship that isn't healthy. Yeah. I think yeah. it's in this, you know, we're still very much in a world where people, their identity, um, maybe more so women than men, is mm. tied up with what their spouse does. Um, yeah. Or, you know, particularly if you're raising children, you, you want that stability of income coming from, and again, Absolutely. I'm you know, primarily the primary caregivers. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I think, and, and career isn't like it's, you know, it's your life, isn't it? It's the yep, way that we survive money and all of those things are very, um, you know, if you want to break that yep. mould, it's, it's not just changing a job um, often as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's a really good point, Carolyn, because um, I think that um, often a big factor that comes up in the whole career change process too is around fear of no money. Mm. Um, and it's it's yeah. both an um, existential fear and it's just a, a real gritty everyday challenge of, well, hey, we live in a culture where if I don't have money, I can't pay my rents, you know, mm. I can't pay my mortgage. And so, um, yeah, fear of no money um, often will drive people to take jobs that they don't like because mm. they're so scared about having no money. And often um, another factor that gets needs to be addressed um, in career counselling is if your finances aren't in a um, healthy state. Mm. And so often um, 
this is about taking it one day at a time and um, risking having those really horrible, awkward conversations with banks um, or, you know, say, for example, contacting a free financial counselling service um, so that you can restructure your finances. Mm. And sometimes what happens is that people um, may make some, um, you know, difficult decisions. And so for younger, earlier career people, often that might uh, involve moving back home for a while. Um, some people may also downsize um, mm. or relocate. So there's some other things that tend to get triggered um, throughout mm. the whole career change process just to um, reduce expenditure and mm. allow people opportunity to take on work that sometimes initially may have less income. Mm. And it's interesting too because I think, I know this is going in a little bit of a different direction, but, you know, we often surround ourselves with toys, you know, big mm. people's toys, you know. Yep. We don't need, but it is sort of, it, it's it, partly I reckon it's reducing the adrenaline that we feel in, in the jobs that we've mm. got to keep up with. You know, it's yeah. that, um, or, or the, you know, the habits that we have, like, um, you know, drinking or smoking or, yeah. or whatever, is like that's the kind of circuit breaker that we need to, in a job that we're, you know, we're not fully aligned to, I think, mm -hmm. and it's part of that society to keep consuming and keep consuming. But, you know, um, I, I share some of my own experience in having my own business. Um, being captain of my own ship is really fulfilling. So I've, I've gradually stripped back everything that, you know, I don't mm -hmm. have a car, I have very few possessions, I don't really feel that I I, I need those, those sorts of things to, mm -hmm. um, you know, come down off a, a stressful job that I don't like type thing. So mm -hmm. yep. um, sometimes those money things aren't as hard as, you, as you, you think when you're kind of pursuing something that is more in line with what, what makes you um, happy and fulfilled. So, mm. yep. yeah. But, you know, yes. you've, got a, you've got a, your, part, like, your partner along on the journey with you, I think, in that kind of kind of scenario. Mm. So yep. if you've got any more questions, please um, keep them coming um, to Daniel. I think we've had a fantastic um, discussion. Um, so so it's a really good point, Carolyn, that you make around uh, like addiction. Um, so yeah. yeah, often the indicator that um, it's time for change um, or how do you know it's time for change is when if you just notice um, what you're eating and what yeah. you're consuming. And so often um, if your job is really stressful, um, often you may find yourself drinking more alcohol to cope or smoking more cigarettes to cope. Um, yeah. And sometimes um, people will resort to drugs, you know, recreational drugs, um, to escape the really big, massive, black existential hole that can open up when you find yourself in crisis, you know, when you're facing a job um, that you don't like, when you're really confused around what to do next and your relationships are falling apart, um, mm. your finances are falling apart. So sometimes it's a, it's a, a lot of stuff that can kind of, you know, spiral out mm. but it's really um there's some really wonderful if we go back to um crazy wisdom around um you know fully letting the mental breakdown to happen mm. i think it's really important you know letting things fall away um plunging you know into into the depths of the darkness um you know the, the despair of not knowing what to do next you know mm. um the wisdom they talk about in buddhism the wisdom of insecurity so mm. having absolutely nothing to hold on to for a sense of safety or for a sense of identity mm. so if anything career change is often that kind of destruction process mm. that happens and if it's okay if it's um if it's timely i just thought it's a really good segue into a quote i have 
which I think mm. um, symbolizes both the difficult aspects of the career change, but then what awaits you on the other side. Mm. Um, is this a short quote um, by the, um, the famous um, psychologist or psychiatrist um, Carl Jung? Mm-hmm. And um, the quote goes, thoroughly unprepared, we take the step into the afternoon of life. Worse still, we take this step with a false presupposition that our truths and our ideals will serve us as hitherto. But mm-hmm. we cannot live the afternoon of life according to the program of life's morning. Mm-hmm. For what was great in the morning will be little at evening, and what in the morning was true at evening will have become a lie. Mm-hmm. And so what this speaks to is that the first half of our life is, is often devoted to ambition. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we want to buy the house, get the fancy car, and, you know, have the best, you know, best TV, the best computers, you know, go on these fancy holidays. But the problem is, is that once you reach that and once you hit a particular income earning point, often this this is when the existential feelings start to come up so that the emptiness within inside and that despair that kind of kicks in. Mm. And that's when um, the shift happens into the afternoon of life, which is where you start to focus more on, on meaning and purpose. Mm. So um, what makes you feel uh, fulfilled um, at a very deep soul-based level uh, inside of you. Um, and that is often what we might call, say, the midlife crisis as an example. Mm. So I often say that if you're feeling in crisis, you know, I'm the sort of person that you want to come with, um, mm-hmm. talk to, yeah, because um, the crisis is a portal for, you know, life change and transformation. Um, so, yeah, it's quite a profound journey. It's scary, it's difficult, it's ugly, but it's also, like, wonderfully beautiful. And I think, um, you know, the COVID-19 crisis that we're facing at the moment, in some ways is symbolic that we're making, hopefully, a transition from the morning to the afternoon where we're mm. realising that, you know, we have a different way of living. You know, we don't have to be going to work every day. We can work from home. You know, we can be more available to our children. We don't have to send our kids to school every day. You know, let's experiment and look at different models, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that um, just going back to, um, you know, is it the right time to make a career change in a crisis like this? And my argument is, well, absolutely yes. Because mm-hmm. if you're feeling confused around what to do, a really good pointer is what concerns you in the world right now? Where do mm-hmm. you feel called to go? Like what would you see, uh, what would you like to change in the world? Uh, what do you think could be done differently? Mm. Um, what what is something that might enhance people's um, you know a, a quality of life um, as a human race? Um, so this becomes a portal for you to look at where opportunities are currently, and so you can start to drive and instigate change. Um, that's really important to you. Well, that's coming up to um, forty five minutes. It's been fantastic to have you on the show, Daniel. And so, if Thank people you. want to join you in the cow paddock of career counselling. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> you want to join with Cal Paddock? Hang out with the cows, yep. <laughs> or yeah. counselling. Oh, so how do they find me? Mm. Did you say, okay, yeah, sure. Um, so probably the easiest way is uh, yeah, jump onto my uh, LinkedIn profile and uh, send me a message through uh, LinkedIn. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, yeah, if you have any questions, uh, because I'm mindful too that a lot of people will be listening to this um, interview after. Um, our live session today so please yeah if you have any questions or any feedback um, any concerns whatever don't hesitate to reach out and I'll be happy to answer those questions yeah fantastic thank you very much so a couple of little things before we wrap up yesterday we had Jacob share on the show and Jacob is um, 
putting together a calendar or a resource of live events. And he was curious about, with these kinds of sessions, what makes a good session, what could be improved or, you know, um, some feedback on, yeah, areas of improvement. So if you can put them... Um, if you can put them in the comments or ping me or ping Jacob Jacob share with those, that would be fantastic. Um, tomorrow, um, we've got another great session also on the same theme around mindset, but from a, a different perspective as well. So please tune in at 3 p.m. Aisha will be back on Monday as uh, my co-host, or I'll be his co-host, given that this is his account. So... Um, and I'll also put the um, link to get daily notifications in the um, comments. So if you want to sign up and not miss out on what's coming up, sometimes we don't appear in your feed, just um, sign up to our mailing list and you'll get notified every day. And I think that's basically about it. So until tomorrow, please stay well, please stay safe, please stay happy. You don't need to stay inside so much in Australia and um, we'll, see you, we'll see you then. Bye, everyone. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Your Career Down Under show. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you want to know more about how Your Career Down Under can help you, please reach out to us on www.yourcareerdownunder.com.au. And if you have got a question about today's episode or if you want us to do a particular show on a particular topic, please reach out to us. We would love to do that. Until next time, be well.